This is a place called Bastrop, a podcast focused on the people in a small town in Central Texas, a place both unique and characteristic of the state's history, with a cultural integrity that unfolds with each passing year. This is a place called Bastrop. Well, we are back for another episode of A Place Called Bastrop. Lucian Perkins and Kim Kesslis here with the uh, great privilege of interviewing Cheryl Lee. We want to talk about a number of things, but the beginning topic is what put her first in the news, I think, or at least my first knowledge of her being in the news, with her concern over a Confederate monument at the courthouse and ensuing decision that the county commissioners made. So. Cheryl, I want to see if you wanted to introduce yourself a little bit, tell us a little bit about yourself, because I'm just now meeting you, and so is Lucian. So we'd love to hear a little bit about your story, anything you'd like to tell us. <clears throat> yeah, sure. So I am Cheryl Lee, and I am fifth-generation Bastropian, maybe fourth. Um, Bastrop is all I've ever known, and I think in my lifetime I've lived away maybe at most five years between Houston and Austin. I have a son. He's 29. I'm 50. I still live in the house that my mom had built when I was about eight. Early in my life, we lived at my grandmother's house off of Hill Street, and between her and my great-grandmother's house, who's off of Maine and Mesquite. My great-grandmother was born in 1900. My grandmother bought a house that was a two-room house. Two rooms. They had a kitchen and a living room. I think I had four uncles, my mom, and my aunt in a two-room house. The way that they were able to raise money was by pulling cotton. And that is how they made their living. And that is how they eventually expanded that house to six rooms, which is still stands on Hill Street. And we just recently sold it. My grandmother worked at the Bastrop High School for two generations of me and my brother and sister retired. She worked in the kitchen and she also worked for the Sanders family here in Bastrop. My great-grandmother was the housekeeper for the elder Sander family and then my grandmother was the housekeeper for Nancy Sanders. I call them family. I call them aunts, uncles because we've kind of all intermingled. But growing up, that was their struggle, basically, is just existing in Bastrop and staying within the black community. And back then, the black community was very strong because of that reason. Um, And they made their living pulling cotton. But all of us are privileged in a sense. My son has more than we had growing up because my mom was a single mother raising three kids, making probably 30 or 40 grand a year. I've been able, been blessed to get my degree. I have a bachelor's and a master's, and I've had a really good job. I worked for AT&T uh, for 21 years, and I'm still there. Three more years to retirement, waiting for that day. But I became a union member. I was a union member probably 10 years before I became active fighting for workers. I found my gift. Like you always, people always say, I don't know what my gift is, what my purpose is. And through that experience, that became my purpose, is helping people who don't have a voice or are afraid to speak their truth. And I can speak loudly. So I started doing that. And 
growing up in my generation, I didn't really know racism. We just lived our life. We were kids. We went to school and our schools were pretty integrated and we just didn't even know. I mean, we always knew there was parts of Bastrop that were racist and we were told to never go out there because you might not come home. And my mom didn't let me out of the house anyway. She considered me her wild child. So I never really got to go anywhere until I was a senior in high school. But we just knew there were places you didn't go. And we were always told that the the cops were racist. That's just how we grew up. But we didn't see it. And I didn't even recognize it until well after high school. Or is where I started seeing um, more racist activity of how I was being treated, like followed in stores. Or there was a guy that almost tried, literally tried to run over me at a gas station, and it was because I was black. As I got older, that I started seeing it. But growing up, we were unaware. Honestly, it wasn't until Philando Castile was killed in the car with his kids, reaching for his license that the officer asked him to reach for. And that video was viral, and that's when I was like, enough. Something has to be done, a change has got to be made. And then I really started getting more vocal about community activism. And then, of course, the George Floyd thing just kind of blew it all up. My interest in the monuments occurred when I went to a rally for Rodney Reed at the courthouse. I have seen that monument forever. It reminds me of the Washington Monument. And I love the Washington Monument. And so I always just assumed in my brain that it was the Washington Monument. And in 2019, we were out there at a rally for Rodney Reed, um, who is an inmate on death row. Many believe that's innocent. We're standing there, me and one of my girlfriends, and she was like, we got to get that thing off of the ground. And I was like, what thing? (laughs) She told me about the monument. So I walked over there and actually looked at the inscription, and that's when I realized... Oh, yeah, this is coming down next year. That was Those are my exact words. I didn't know how that was going to happen, who I needed to talk to, where I needed to go. But in that moment, I said, I'm taking those down next year. And, I, and that had a lot to do probably with the whole George Floyd incident, all the police killings. And so I was already just like rammed up from all of that. And then you see this monument dedicated to the Confederacy and knowing the history that I know of the Civil War, it needs to come down. I didn't even know that a previous attempt had been made to take it down. I started doing my research and then I found out that a committee had been formed and that Doc Jackson and Bernie Jackson were on that committee. So I reached out to Doc, who is a city council member, and I believe he might have been city council member then too, to ask him who did I need to go to, where did I needed to go. And he initially told me that I needed to get a petition from citizens in in the county and then go to the judge to start a conversation. But COVID hit and I couldn't like go walk around and get signatures or hold a forum at Dairy Queen, you know. (laughs) So I kind of let it go for a minute. And then in early June, Doc reached out to me and told me that Maddie Eaton, who I'd never met, was interested in helping. So then Maddie, myself, Cheryl Reese, Doc Jackson, Amy Cook, There were one or two other people there, but we all met and we met at like six o'clock and we were there till 11. We put it all together. We wrote the letters to the, the judge and the commissioners and we wrote up that petition that night. It was kind of like a sneak attack, honestly, because we did it all in one night. There was no, 
meeting several weeks to iron it all out. One night we spent that four or five hours. That morning when everyone woke up, it had blown up because we had created our social media pages, our Facebook pages. So it was like, here it is. We're going to do something about it. And then it just kind of took off from there. That petition in the end ended up with over 9,000 signatures. I think we started like June 6th and by July 27th, we had a yes from the commissioner's court. So I'm still in shock. I was in shock when we got the yes. It's very grateful that we got it. (laughs) So would you go back, you had, what happened after you collected those 9,000 signatures? What was the next step? We did one rally which I'm very proud of as well because cities around us were on the streets every Saturday. And then we started going to the commissioner's court. Every hearing, we were there. So tell us about the rally. So the rally was great. Like we had such a good turnout and they were holding commissioner's court that day. So we were outside and we had um, music and we had microphones and those things you yell through. And we just kind of read through a lot of the petitions, writings that we had received. And we just talked about the history of the monuments in terms of the Civil War and what it meant to the black community and why it being on the courthouse grounds was no longer appropriate. There were some supporters of keeping the monuments there, guarding the monuments. We engaged in conversation with them. We made it clear our goal was not to destroy the monuments. We just did not feel they needed to be on the courthouse grounds. But it was such a great turnout. And I was kind of going back and forth because I went in to speak. And then that fired me up even more because at that time I knew that none of the commissioners or the judge were on board with it. So I came back out and we spoke. And there was a police presence. But one of the things that I remember most about it is one of the officers came up to me and said, we are not here for y'all. We're here to protect y'all. And that's when I kind of knew, okay, we might have some support here. So after the rally, y'all had been going to commissioner's court just to listen or to No, to speak. So remember the first time you went? That day was the first time we went. And we were trying to get them to put the request on the agenda. So at that time, we could only speak via citizens' comments. It wasn't an agenda item. So the purpose of that rally was to get as many people as possible to go in and request it to be placed on the agenda item for discussion. So there were a lot of people there from both sides speaking. It still wasn't contentious. I mean, there were some comments that made me roll my eyes, and I'm sure there we made some comments that made them roll their eyes. But we spoke our piece, and we asked for it to be placed on the agenda. I think we probably ended up going back maybe a couple of more times before they did finally placed it on the agenda because one of the discussions that the judge and I had after the rally was holding a public forum because you it was COVID remember (laughs) they didn't want the room filled every meeting with a bunch of people and and COVID rising so we decided a public forum because we didn't want to keep going back we wanted everybody to say what they had to say at one time and then get them to put it on the agenda and that is how we ended up finally getting it on the agenda after that big public meeting that we had but then it wasn't until after the rally that judge poppy reached out to me and he and i just started having some conversations about why we felt this was important um, and why we felt like they should be willing to give people an opportunity to talk about why they felt like it was important. 
And then we just started talking about the history and the George Sayers Monument, he was certain was dedicated to his governorship. And George Sayers was from Bastrop. He's buried in Fairview Cemetery. So I had to let him know. I'm going to need you to go outside and read that monument. (laughs) Because on the monument, it talks about advancing slavery from coast to coast. Like it's written on the monument that that was what he wanted to do. Not in those exact words, but something similar to that. How he wanted this to, to be the thing, coast to coast. And so he did. And the next day he came back and said, well, you're right. I I read the monument and it's definitely not dedicated to his governorship. So then he and I started having conversations about how we could make this happen. Because we both knew this is not a we just want to tear them down type of situation. We have to figure out a way to do this the right way so that it's acceptable to the community in the terms of people are feeling comfortable that they're not being destroyed and we're comfortable that they're coming down. And he and I were having weekly conversations about what obstacles he was facing with his conversations and what obstacles I was facing. And then we figured out how to overcome those obstacles together. Everything and every conversation that I had with him, I would take back to that initial five um, committee to let them know here's where we are. Um, in the process. Yeah. So would you go back for a minute to the um, the forum? Can you tell us your experience there at the forum, where it was, how long it lasted, what, what was your just your impressions of it? I'm sure you spoke. I did speak. Actually, um, we had designated speakers, six on each side of the issue, I believe, or maybe three. Three on one, our side, three on the other. Um, and we got to speak, I think, like 10 minutes. And then everyone from the community got to speak three minutes. And I, I can't remember how many people showed up, but I want to say it was well over 50 people showed up to speak on either side. There were more for removal than keeping it. It was interesting. Um, everyone has their own story, right, or their reason for wanting them to stay. But we were, again, all very respectful. Everyone listened. The commissioners were all there. We had people that grew up here that lived in Houston. I have a friend, Ron Dishay, who is in California. He came down to speak um, and do a presentation on the history of the Civil War and what, and what those monuments meant to the black community. So, And then you had people share their stories of growing up in Bastrop. Bernie Jackson's speech was excellent. I felt proud of the moment, win or lose. I felt very optimistic afterwards. Throughout the whole process, I was optimistic. I had people within the whole committee that we formed for this initiative that were like, it's never going to work. He's not going to go for it. You know, he's just playing with you. Even people within our circle were thinking, this is all great what we're doing, but you do know in the end we're not going to win. And I was like, no, this is good. I was having conversations with Judge Poppy, and I felt like they were authentic conversations. I did not feel like he was saying stuff to me just to get me to through the process. And every time they said he wouldn't do something, he did it. So I was very confident after our public forum that this was gonna happen. But then there there was some little hiccups in there that we had to work through or I ended up working through because at some point I realized we are going to have to have a conversation with the other side because the commissioners understood where we were coming from, the judge understood where we were coming from, but they still have a whole county to represent. So we have to figure out a way to compromise to make both sides happy. So I scheduled a meeting 
with what I call the Confederacy so that we could actually sit down at a table and talk about how to move these things so that everyone is happy. I know they're not happy with them being moved, but at least we can figure out a way that they're relocated in a way that satisfies both sides. And we did. And that communication almost broke down like the day before the <laughs> that final meeting, but we were able to get it through by that conversation. What were the two sides? What were the issues on the two sides? Mike, real questions. Will you explain yes, no, and the compromise? The no for removal has always been honoring veterans. They see them as monuments that honor fallen soldiers and fallen veterans. Whereas our, of course, opinion was they were glorifying the Confederacy and the Civil War and not painting a true picture of it. So those were the two sides. And we had to agree that both sides were correct. I understood where they were coming from. And I genuinely understand where they're coming from, that they see these people that fought against a whole race of people as soldiers and they these monuments were in honor to them but they were willing to understand that period of time was not a good period of time for african americans it was a horrible period of time so they reconciled with that and that's how we were able to eventually come to the compromise and what was the compromise the compromise was that we were going to make sure they weren't destroyed. We were going to make sure they weren't put in a warehouse. We were going to make sure that a lo new location was found. That we, That's what we were going to ask of the court. Because one of my questions was going to be, so I think you've answered it, but you started this by saying that you had an inspiration that made you say to yourself, it's coming down in a year. And when you said coming down, you were thinking destroyed. No. What were you thinking? That I wanted them off the courthouse grounds. So my question is, what I've always wondered is, why didn't y'all say, we want the thing destroyed? There were plenty of people that said that. Me, personally, I didn't want them destroyed. I mean, that was never a thought in my brain because you can't get anything accomplished by being at war with one another. You have to find a compromise in all situations. There has to be some type of compromise to get a resolution. I wouldn't mind if they went in a warehouse somewhere never to be seen again. I'll be honest with you about that. But I didn't want them destroyed. And I also love museums. I've been to multiple African-American museums. I've seen cotton gins in these museums. There's a plantation in Louisiana called the Whitney Plantation. Very hard to walk through that plantation and see the reminders of slavery. But that's a good place to go visit. And I wouldn't want any of that taken off of that plantation. So I just wanted them to be somewhere in a museum or somewhere like a plantation because I do think people should can see them. I'm not going to burn up if I look at it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I didn't want them destroyed ever. Your position was it's got to go from the courthouse grounds. What was the reasoning behind that? Because the courthouse grounds is supposed to be a place of, equal, of equality and fair and justice for all, right? But you see these monuments there and many people feel like if you see those monuments on courthouse grounds in any city in the South, it's a reminder of enslavement, a reminder of poor treatment of a whole race of people. And so it gives you the impression that, oh, this city is racist right here. This city is racist. So we wanted them off the courthouse grounds only because 
of what they represented. They don't belong on the courthouse grounds. My feeling was Bastrop has long been, blacks kind of stayed in their lane, whites stayed in their lane. We coexisted, but you know we didn't interact. We don't have these big riots and stuff that you see in big cities. We just kind of stay in our own lane. And in the time that we were in with the whole George Floyd incident and the police killings, I felt like it was time for Bastrop to stop these silos and it was time for Bastrop to actually have the conversations. We're not as cohabitable as Bastrop has tried to make it seem all these years. And there are a lot of issues in the black community that aren't being addressed because we're not having the discussions. And I saw the removal of those monuments as a first step and starting to have those discussions. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So in terms of the time frame, we'll ask the judge about the vote, uh, which I recall was four, four and one abstention. Yeah. But after that, then you were involved with the next step. What was yeah. that? Tell us about that. So the judge asked if that I be on the, the Monument Relocation Committee as a co-chair with Shara Johnson, who's so sweet, super wonderful. Um, I'm so glad she was the co-chair. And then... We ironed out between the judge and I who should be on the committee. And we wanted it to be a mix of people who wanted to keep the monuments there and a mix of people who did not. Getting the yes was the easiest part. The harder part was getting someone to take them. We could not find anyone that would take them. We tried Camp Swift. We tried just putting it out there. Do you want them? We had some people reach out to us, but they were so far out in the country, it was hard to get them there. We asked people. They didn't want them. There's a Civil War base or something on the south side of town. They didn't want them. We could not get anyone to take these monuments. So that became the harder part. And then the few locations that did want them, the people that were in favor of keeping them and protecting them were not happy with those locations. So it was a battle. We had a group reach out to us in Oklahoma because they're building an outdoor Patriot Park. And their goal was to get all the monuments that are being taken down and build this outdoor Patriot Park. But it was just the concept. They hadn't broke ground. They were willing to pay to move them there. So that was in our back pocket, just in case. But we promised the community that they would stay in the county. So we were doing everything we could to keep that promise. I think that that also made people realize that we were determined to relocate. I think that some people thought we either weren't going to raise the money because we had to raise $50,000 or we weren't going to find the location. But we were determined. We were going to find somewhere to put these these monuments. And we did. We had By the end, we probably had like five or six viable options. Did y'all ultimately suggest one place or did you give the commissioners an option? Three. We gave them three options, yeah. So they ultimately did not go with any of our options. <laughs> and they ended up going with property off of Coolwater Drive. They were in talks with acquiring back from the city. And Sharon and I visited the Coolwater property. From the beginning, there had been talk of possibly creating this heritage park. That property off of Coolwater was a perfect place for them to develop a heritage park if that was something they wanted to do long term. So that's how they ended up with that property. How do you think y'all feel about the ultimate location? I think most of the committee, I would probably say 70% of the committee is fine with the location. 
I would say that other 30% isn't fine only because probably they still don't want them. They still want them where they are, right? If you had your fortune telling or your future telling hat on, do you think that having it on county property is just a waiting for another generation to get it moved from there? No, not if it's done the right way. Some people see it as a band-aid. They don't want their taxes going to it at all. So some people see it as a band-aid and I get that. I, but if it's really built into an authentic heritage park, it could be a beautiful thing. It could be a beautiful park and it could be a good thing for our community. People maybe aren't used to seeing something like that in Bastrop. But I see this stuff all the time and if it's put in the right context and other monuments are surrounding it to put it in better context, I think it would be a beautiful thing that could draw people to Bastrop to an outdoor museum that tells a really good picture of our community and the heritage in our community. So I don't see it as a negative that the county still owns them. I really don't. The county was going to own them no matter where we put them. So, uh, yeah. so in other words, the county would have had to take responsibility exactly. at, the, at the trailer park or Jeff's. Exactly. Or you said one of the things you hoped with this would start a conversation. Any, well, if you had any thoughts? The conversation will come from the build-out of that Heritage Park, honestly, okay. because I joined this, this is called a Network Weaver program that St. David's offers. They gave us a site, and we plugged in our address, and it told us what the natives were on that land, Jumanos or something, covered most of Bastrop, and I thought there should be a monument dedicated to these people in this heritage park. The very first black commissioner that we had in Bastrop ran and won, and the next day a bunch of white people mobbed and killed him in the street. The next day there should be a monument dedicated to that individual. The conversation starts with finding out more of the history of our town and who lived here, the Indian tribes that lived here, how did and when did African Americans come here. And that should be a community discussion. God willing, the Delta goes away um, to plan some type of public forum to where we can have some open discussion. So Ken, that would be something we could definitely use your help on when we plan and organize that. But yeah, that sounds very yeah, yeah. But I think um, you know, we're we're going to get just focus on trying to complete the process of getting the monuments down. And I think for the black community and our brothers and sisters who supported us and other races, the goal was we needed Bastrop to make a step in acknowledging that the Bastrop community has been underserved and overlooked for so many years. Yes, we have come a little ways, but we have not overcome. For us, and certainly for me, was a first step in our county acknowledging that we exist <laughs> and that we need to start having conversations to figure out how to better serve our African-American community. Well, I'll say this. You're a, a good example of something I like to refer to uh, in this community. Is it fearless women who will not take no for an answer have created a lot of things in this community. Jill Hodges, the food pantry. Yeah. Debbie Brissett, Family Crisis Center. Sometimes just takes one person that will not take no for an answer, and you're one of those. Miss Lee, we, uh, I think I can maybe call you Cheryl. But yes, you can, absolutely. Thank you so much for 
all the time that you've spent, for all the effort that you went through, and also good luck in whatever lies ahead, which I think is going to be pretty remarkable like the past. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And thanks for this opportunity. I'm still so honored um, that you would consider me worthy of doing this, but I certainly appreciate the opportunity and I'm looking forward to hearing it.